JD Talking Sports, January 14th, 2017. The Patriots just became the first team ever to make six conference championship games. Six. I'll tell you, for a period of time there, I thought it wasn't going to happen. I. Tom Brady, two interceptions. All right, Isaac, I got to talk to you later. They were up 14-3. You thought it was over. Deion Lewis catches a 13-yard TD pass. Next possession, 98-yard kickoff return. And it was kind of funny to watch because one of the linebackers was trying to well, 52, that's a linebacker number. One of the special teams had an angle on him, and then he just took off. And then they got a field goal, and then before you knew it, they had a Brady threw an interception, 14-13, 17-13 the half. And I'll tell you, for a sec, I was dreaming. I was dreaming. I thought maybe this could happen. Maybe this could happen. And then it was 24-13, and then Brock Osweiler, who did not play, great well you know he wasn't that good this year let's be honest he was okay yeah I'm, hey he got a playoff win last week I have to give him credit for that but he threw a beautiful pass to Mr. Fuller at an Notre Dame the rookie and it went right through his freaking hands it would have made it 24-20 they actually got it down to 24-16 and then Osweiler threw three interceptions in the second half 23-40 a buck 98 touchdown three interceptions they play tough though I thought first half, I mean, the D was hitting hard. I haven't seen Clowney got a hit on up the middle on Brady. Unencumbered, man. I was like, woof. Brady's now 23-9 and overall in the playoffs, 16-3 at, at home in the playoffs. Brady went 18 for 38, 287, two touchdowns, two interceptions. So in 38 passes, he had two interceptions. In the regular season, in 432 passes, he had two interceptions. He also tied Brett Favre with 30 interceptions in the postseason, tied for the most ever. He has more career playoff wins than 27 franchises. Crazy. And they said Bill O'Brien will be back next year. Brass doesn't want to lose him to anyone else. Yeah, I would think so. I, th- I thought Houston played tough. Deion Lewis, three touchdowns on a kick return, pass, and a run. Third player to do it in a game, joining Tyreek Hill, who did it this year, and Gail Sayers. That's pretty good company. Yeah, wow. They covered. Julian Edelman had 149 total yards, eight catches for a buck 37. Deion Lewis, 188 all-purpose yards. Both teams had three turnovers. New England led in first downs, also in total yardage. 377 to 285. Hey, they looked rusty. I can they be beat? I don't, you know what? I need to see how Pittsburgh and KC plays. But I'll tell you, I was thoroughly impressed. That's not the word I would use, impressed, but I was kind of shocked. And I I I was I was rooting for I was, yes, I was rooting for Houston. I put up a picture today of Tom Brady crying. Of course, it didn't come to fruition, but it was fun while it lasted. It really was. And next we have the KC-Pittsburgh game, which is on at 6 o'clock. Actually, it started snowing at the end of the game. 
But the, it was just chilly out. It really wasn't, the weather wasn't a big issue. I'm really curious how the weather's going to be tomorrow night between KC and Pittsburgh. This is the first playoff game shift of time since 1932 when the Bears and the Portsmouth Spartans, there was a blizzard that came into Chicago. The game was moved from Wrigley Field to Chicago Stadium, and they actually altered the, the dimensions from to 80 yards long instead of 100 and 10 yards narrower. How about that? That's pretty cool, right? JD Talking Sports dropped the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We give you everything we can find on sports. Yeah, they played well the first half. The Texans hit and hard, but I'll tell you, Brock Osweiler, I'll tell you, he threw a, a nice touchdown in that first half to his tight end, wide open, and I thought they had a chance, but he overthrew a lot of receivers. And like I just said, when you're throwing 23 completions for a total of 198 yards, that's just been, been his thing all season. He doesn't throw for a lot of yardage. And at one point in the third quarter, they had 19 yards was their longest yardage play of the game for the Texans. They didn't have many explosive plays. It's one of those would have, could have, should have games where, you know, you were like, ooh, maybe this could have happened, and it didn't. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. And then, how about this? Atlanta is in the NFC Championship game. They'll await the winner of Dallas and Green Bay. Devin Hester played like a man possessed. He had a 70-yard-and-change 70, 70 kickoff return that was called back for penalty. He had some, let me tell you, he had some runs. He, he did some things today. I was, I was impressed. Um, I mean, he had five, five kickoff returns for a buck 94, a long of 78. Then he had, I mean, that, that's, that, that, that's a, yeah, he, he, he ran right up the middle and the guy like jumped on, like piggybacked him to try to tackle him down. I, I was, and he said, now he thinks he's going to retire, likely retire. He's a four-time pro bowler with an NFL record, 20 return touchdowns. Russell Wilson had 274 total yards, but two touchdowns, two interceptions, three sacks on him, 19 hurries. He was running for his life all game. Matt Ryan, 338, three touchdowns. Falcons, fifth straight win. Devontae Freeman had a total, 125 total yards, 80 in receiving. And the Falcons came this regular season, the 28th team to average 35 points per game at home in the regular season in modern NFL history since 1933. And, hey, they met their average, they met their regular season average at home. Too bad they're going to play on the road unless Green Bay wins in the NFC Championship game. Thomas Rawls, I said that if he ran 400 yards, they blew out the two teams they played this year by a combined 66 to 12. Well, 11 for 34. Wilson led the led the Seahawks with 49 yards on the ground. They only ran for 101 yards total. Paul Richardson had four catches for 83 yards and some nice catches. Doug Baldwin always impresses me. Five catches, 80 yards, a touchdown. Jimmy Graham had a touchdown first half, only three catches for 22 yards. And the Falcons, man. Tevin Campbell had 11 for 57 on the ground and three for 22 catching. So, you know, 79 yards total offense. And the three wide receivers, Gabriel had four for 71, Julio Jones for six for 67 for a touchdown, and Mohamed Sanu had a nice touchdown catch, four for 44 with a touchdown. And Atlanta outgained 
Seattle by over 100 yards, 422 to 309. Also won the turnover battle, 2 to 0. And Atlanta led in first downs, 20 to 17. I was impressed. I talked to my buddy Harris. He was impressed. I'm curious what, you know, I mean, the, you know, if it's either home in the dome or they'll play in Dallas, conditions won't be a factor. And they've said, what I've read is that the one team that if they go all the way, Atlanta would give New England a lot of problems. Well, I'll tell you, New England's got a, a lot of things to work out for next week's game. And he was rusty. He was rusty out there, Mr. Brady. I'm really curious. We shall see. Games are okay. Actually, the, you know, it was exciting for a little You know what? It kind of reminded me of the Giant game today. It got exciting for a little bit and then the, fell apart in the fourth quarter. But if he had a better quarterback, if, if O'Brien had a better quarterback, I think this game might have gone differently. I definitely feel so. I just think Brock Osweiler, is a, he doesn't show me anything. He really doesn't. Dad was watching with me. It was like, you know, watching Jalen Hurts of Alabama. Man, with that D, if you had a better quarterback, forget it. Forget it. Because I thought they played a hell of a game. Deep, deep, all game. And Clowney's going to be a beast. Also, Wynton Marcellus. Guy's a beast. He's getting the backfield all game. That's the thing, too. You know what? They were getting pressure, and then when they weren't getting pressure, and he was just waiting, Brady, to throw to guys. And Hogan had a couple catches. They were underthrow balls. Yeah, Brady, for every time he looked okay, they had a 39. I thought they were going to have him. And bam, he threw a 50-yard bomb to Edelman. At one point, he was 5 for 7, 145 yards, and a touchdown on third down, Brady. And Brady is lethal on third down. To give too many big plays, what are you going to do? UConn women won their 91st straight game. How about that? Let's give them some props. They won at SMU 88-48, improved to 16-0, 4-0 in the AAC. SMU dropped to 10-7, 1-3. And And some of these these stats, they've averaged, during the 91-game streak, they've averaged over 87 points a game. Points allowed, they've under, under 50 points a game. Their field goal percentage has been over 53%. They... Opponents' field goal percentage is 32.5. SMU was 25%. The three-point percentage for UConn is over 39%. Katie Lewis Samuelson had 28 to lead UConn, and Alicia Froling had 16 to lead SMU. Now, UConn, next tough game, February 13th at home against number five, currently number five, South Carolina. If the game... If they keep winning up to that point, the streak could be 100 wins when they meet up. Also, the Huskies were only up 21 nothing at the beginning of the game. And I love the four quarters in women's basketball. I love it. It's freaking awesome. Congrats. Congrats, congrats to uh, Gino Oriyama. I mean, freaking, that's amazing. That is freaking amazing. Just <laughs> to win, you know, I mean, 91 straight games. It's broke the record they set in 2010. Also, Roy Williams... Beat FSU, number nine FSU at home. UNC is currently number 11, 96-83. Roy Williams has 30 wins for his top 10 teams. While is at UNC, for, which is tied for the most of the country since he took over with the Tar Heels in 2003-2004. Joe Berry, the second at 26 lead. 
UNC, and Jonathan Isaac had 17 elite FSU. FSU's first ACC loss, also that was ended their 12-game winning streak. FSU drops to 16 and two, four and one in the ACC. UNC improves to 16 and three, four and one in the ACC. How about that? It's pretty cool, right? And you know, JD Talking Sports would not be a report without talking about without talking about. Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo went on a locker room tirade, he said, after being frozen out of the Knicks' final possession in their 88-87 loss to the Sixers. McConnell hit that turnaround jumper on Carmelo, actually. Well, Porzingis threw up an air ball on the play before the game-winning shot. Are we shocked by this? No. Not even close. Not even close. You know, I mean, he's, he's toxic. Guy's toxic. And D. Rose's agent, B.J. Armstrong, the former player, said a simple text would have resolved the issue with the missed game against the Pelicans. Really? You think so? What do you think? Knicks. Knicks just can't get out of their own damn way. No. And owner Jim Ursay of the Colts, he pursued John Gruden. Gruden's going to stay with Monday Night Football. Now he wants Peyton Manning as his head of football operations. What do you think? I think that's not a bad move. Raiders filed for relocation. Are we shocked by it? No, not at all. And let me tell you something. Do not mess with Jaleel Okafor's dad. Some guy on a blog said, imagine taking a bus for two hours only to see Jaleel Okafor start. And his dad said, imagine me slapping the shit out of you. Okay. (laughs) Enough said right there. Also, Shaq loves Ice Cube's three-on-three league, but he said he's retired, he's not playing. And Adam Silver said there's a potential franchise possibility in Mexico City. He said something we're going to look at. Well, the Suns beat the Spurs tonight in Mexico City, 108-105. Devin Booker had a career-high 39. Kawhi Leonard had 38. Phoenix improves to 13-27. Spurs get down to 31-9. I... I you know, I feel like, do I talk about the Knicks more and more? I just feel like I can't. I just can't. It's too much. You know, I wanted to love the games today. The Pats did not look great. Brady didn't look great. They had a tough game, which is probably what they need. Like they're going to they're gonna have the home field advantage, so they get the next game at home. I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I, well, actually, so what am I? I did all my picks. I took Atlanta. And I took... I think I went a little crazy and I took it. I took the... Yeah. I'm trying to find my stats. Yes. I took... I took Seattle over Atlanta, 31-28. I lost that one. I took New England, 35-10. Okay, I'm one on one so far. Oh, and also, FDU improved to FDU got the win 59-47 over Central Connecticut State. How about that? They actually were down at the half to Central Connecticut State. They improved to seven and ten, five and one in the conference, tied with LIU Brooklyn. Central Connecticut fell to two and fifteen, zero and six in the conference. They were down 28-23 the half, outscored Central Connecticut 36-19 in the second half. Darnell Edge 
had 12 points to lead the Knights. Also, Stefan Jiggets also had 12 points. And Mustafa Jones led Central Connecticut State with 13 points. Nice win. Actually, those are the two top guys for the FDU Knights. 59-47. Nice going. And I found this stat kind of interesting. Freshman contributions this season in NCAA basketball. Now, Kentucky is gets 50, almost 57% of their points from freshmen. Auburn's number two with 49.4. Then UCLA over 35%. Mississippi State with 35%. And Tennessee with 34.9%. Pretty impressive, right? SEC have four of the top five schools. Well, Calipari, are you shocked by that? But that's that's a pretty high percentage, all, rook, all freshmen. I, you know, you say rookies, but it's freshmen. I'm very curious for tomorrow's games. I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I'm pretty excited. Knicks and Nets play tomorrow. Knicks play against... Knicks play the Raptors tomorrow in Toronto, and the Nets host the Rockets. Yeah, I'm excited for football tomorrow. And Duke lost again. I saw Grayson Allen kind of do a a flop, and then he got whacked in the face by a Louisville player. And St. John's lost to Villanova today at home. It was a noon start, 70-57. Kentucky won by 20 over Auburn. And West Virginia had a scare from Texas. They won 74-72. And there was something from the – Utah was acting like they won the game, and it ends up they lost by one. But the, fans, the players were celebrating at the end of the game, and they, it was kind of funny to watch. And the Australian Open starts tomorrow, which actually starts – yeah, it's actually now – we are now in January 15th. Pretty psyched for that. I like watching tennis, especially down there. It's pretty cool. There was something else I was... Oh. I had talked about at the Sony Open how Justin Thomas... Had a 59 in the first round. Well, he's still leading the Sony Open by seven shots. He's actually shot a 500 today. It's nice to see when a guy has a great first round and it continues to the rest of the tournament. I like seeing that kind of stuff. It makes me happy. It's sometimes little things that make you happy. All right. Now, trivia question. From last podcast, what is the NFL record for most consecutive division titles? The New England Patriots with eight from 2009 through right now, 2016. And this is kind of a random one. I saw this Monday Night Football, so I'm going to use it. Most TD passes in first six six games in NFL history. Who threw them? Who has thrown the most touchdown passes in the first six, six, 66 games of their career in NFL history? Most touchdown passes in first 66 games in NFL history. All right. So tomorrow, I'm taking. I have the Cowboys. I'm taking the Cowboys. 38-35 over Green Bay, and then I have Pittsburgh in a tight one over Kansas City, 17-14. Will it come true? We shall see. All right, folks. Have a great night. I'll talk to you soon. Peace out.